podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the most correct 49ers take. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing this fine morning? So good. What is up? Let's talk some 49ers. Yeah, it's been, if you weren't with us last week, training camp is happening. So there is 49ers news left and right and keeping track of it all is is quite fun. So we're just gonna gonna dive into the news and then we've got a fun little meat of the episode today. We're gonna do some stat predictions. All right, for my favorite piece of news this week, Daniel, is 49ers general manager, John Lynch, was officially inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for his time as a player. Lynch is widely regarded one of the best safeties ever. And just really cool seeing him get some of the recognition he deserved. He was a little before my time as a player, but I've loved him as our GM, except for a few draft picks early on, but excited to see him get that honor. Daniel, any thoughts on John Lynch making the Hall of Fame? Dude, it's incredible. What a what a fun thing to have our general manager inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, inducted into the Hall of Fame was a big deal. And I don't know how many 49ers fans truly knew who John Lynch was before being our GM. I don't know how many fans know him as a player. I know our generation probably doesn't know a whole lot about him unless they've gone back and studied up on him or watched some videos but man he was a heck of a player and he was broncos in tampa bay right yeah and super fun uh hearing him really neat moment hearing him credit a lot of a lot of his career a lot of his playing to bill walsh yeah his fans know bill walsh very well and Anyone who quotes or accredits anything to Bill Walsh has a place in my heart because I love Bill Walsh. Yeah, Bill Walsh was his coach when he was at Stanford for a couple of years, I think. Yeah, and I, I didn't get to watch Bill Walsh coach, obviously, because I was not alive in that era. But, but man, it, do I feel more like a 49ers fan now that I get to know guys like Bill Walsh or George Seifert and understand some of the history of the team? And so John Lynch was kind of making me – go back to that totally. and it was cool yeah my i have to say my favorite part of the john lynch i listened to an interview from the hall of fame from in canton with um john lynch then matt mayoko on the 49ers talk podcast i think it's nbc sports and john lynch was talking about and you know you have to you sit down with john lynch you gotta mention the, the rookie quarterback and john lynch said you know that's funny Everyone here has been asking me about that too. So Hall of Famers, I think he said Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, maybe Peyton Manning, but I might just be thinking of names that were also in the Hall of Fame. But Hall of Famers are on Trey Watch as well, Daniel. So that that made me excited. And I just love that like these guys, these ex-players like love football so much that like yeah. they're pulling them aside like, hey, tell me about that kid you got. Like, is he good? Yeah. <laughs> like that's just – I love that. That's funny. That makes It, me it is cool. I mean like – why does Calvin Johnson care? And he's like, I, it's, it has nothing to do with, with his he might come out of retirement, Daniel. And he wants to know if his new quarterback might be any good. That's not true. I'm making that up, but he's yes. young enough. Could you, he is man. He, something with the lions, him, Barry Sanders, all retiring pretty young, but ready for a crazy stack about Calvin Johnson. That's completely unrelated to the 49ers that I love. 
But boy, do I love Calvin Johnson. So hit me with that. I saw somebody somebody tweet this, and I might fudge a little of the numbers, but essentially Calvin Johnson was drafted into the NFL, retired from the NFL, and made the Hall of Fame in between Tom Brady's seventh NFL season and his 21st NFL season. So before Calvin Johnson was even in the NFL, Tom Brady had won wow. multiple Super Bowls. And then now Calvin Johnson has been drafted, retired, and made the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl. Do you think that Calvin Johnson could have been maybe or one, if not like top one or two, he's already top three or four or five in my mind of wide receivers of all time. Do you think he could have been the number one wide receiver of all time if he was on a decent team that wasn't the Detroit Lions? Maybe. I, I don't know because you have to think about things like would they if he was on a better team, would they have just fed him? The, would they have fed him the ball less? Like say what you will about the Lions. He's had Matthew Stafford most of his career, who is yeah. one of the better NFL quarterbacks, can send it deep. So and often yeah so maybe but you could make the counter argument too that being on a bad team led to him getting fed more you know so i think i think it could go either way all right let's move on the next piece of 49ers related news (laughs) i have some 49ers related news yes and speaking of trey watch the hall of fame is on it we've got a little i got a little bit of trey watch for you kyle shanahan had a quote a few days ago my favorite quote I've ever heard. I'm reading it from NFL.com. Some beat reporters reported it. Kyle Shanahan said, Trey's going to play for us this year. I know you guys are all running to Twitter on that. Situationally, he's going to get plays. That doesn't mean that he's going to be the starter or anything, but he's going to get plays, and you've got to prepare him for that every way possible. So there you have it. Trey Lance will be playing even if Jimmy Garoppolo's the starter. Is that how you interpret that, Daniel? I mean, it could just yeah. be coach speak, but what do you think? No, I think we talked about it last week, if I'm not mistaken, that I believe in terms of what Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan was just saying right there, we will see Trey Lance coming in this year. Similarly to, we compared him to the Lamar Jackson we saw with Joe Flacco. And I think Jalen Taysom Hurts. Hill could be J- a pretty good comparison. Yeah, the Jalen Hurts we saw with Carson Wentz, where they came in for special plays. I wouldn't – I think Taysom Hill is a good example. I just think uh, Taysom Hill – he won't be used as much as Taysom Hill was. Yeah, that's Taysom Hill was used – lined up as a receiver, a tight end, and then for trick plays with the quarterback position, I think that will be only Lance. I do not think Lance is going to be lining up as a receiver as a tight end like Taysom Hill did. And I don't think he'll be coming in as often as Taysom Hill did for some of these trick plays. Uh, but I think it's at a similar role. Um, it's not – Trey Lance is not going to come in just to do a, a quarterback run. He's going to do some design plays, maybe, maybe some sweeps, some counters, throw a, deep or ball. throw a deep ball, something like that. Cause you know, Jimmy's maybe not the best deep ball thrower in the world. Yeah. Something that we would love to see is him being used in that way to kind of get his feet wet. I'm, I'm excited. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think it definitely doesn't close the door on Trey starting or even Trey starting early on, but it's, I mean, I think I said this last week. Kyle Shanahan is excited to call the plays he can call with Trey Lance, and he's Absolutely. not he's not going to wait. And that's that's super cool. I think we've got that. That concludes today's Trey Watch got segment. You, you've Trey got a couple Watch. more pieces of news, right? A couple more pieces of news. Just a quick note: um, there was speculation about some wide receivers maybe being up for trades. Um, James Washington had reportedly requested a trade. Uh, James Washington has been the fourth receiver in 
the Pittsburgh Steelers offense behind uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and now this last year, Chase Claypool came in as a rookie and definitely surpassed him. Uh, Good receiver. Great receiver. James Washington is a good receiver, and I don't think he would be the fourth wide receiver on any other team. Yeah, and then the the 49ers wide receiver three spot, maybe we'll get into this a little more interesting, but is maybe the most competitive camp battle outside of, you know, the non-existent Jimmy Trey battle going on at 49ers camp right now. There's a newcomer, Trent Sherfield, which I have a piece coming out on Niner Noise. It's probably out by the time you're listening to this, ninernoise.com, just saying how Trey... Trent Sherfield has really taken advantage of his time. The 49ers camp really working his butt off. Former like special teams ace who is coming in and impressing, which a lot of guys have done, the 49ers. So that's something to keep an eye on. Mohamed Sanu is apparently looking pretty rejuvenated out there, so that's exciting. But I would rather have James Washington as our wide receiver three. But it's definitely the weakness. I think the wide receiver room is – Maybe it's not a weakness because our top two are so good, but wide receiver depth is an area that I'd be looking to improve if I was the 49ers general manager. You were talking about how Trent is a super special teams guy who might be getting a starting role somewhere else. Yeah. Is there anyone else on the Niners who might have made his career out of being a stud on special teams and then earning a starting spot somewhere? Yeah, running back Raheem Mostert is. And I think think there's a lot – running back Raheem Mostert, special teams ace, came in, really took over the 49ers starting role. He actually wasn't starting for a little while. Like if his – in 2019, he didn't get the first set of carries, and that's just because they needed him out there as a gunner on special teams. Fred Warner kind of – really cemented himself as, as like a role player on special teams and Trent Sherfield kind of talked about, I heard some quotes where he saw that and he appreciated it. And it was, it was motivating for him to come to the 49ers. This dude's putting in 15 hour work days. Like he is taking advantage of his opportunity and it it's paid off. He's been Garoppolo and Lance have really liked him so far. I think it's, I think it's quite possible that the 49ers keep him, although he, I don't know if he's officially the wide receiver three just yet, but I think he might be the most likely to take that spot. But yeah, the special teams ability that 49ers, the 49ers organization has allowed players to prove themselves on special teams, I think is actually really good. And I think players see it and that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk more. I have some comments on that, but we'll talk more about the depth chart later in the show. Yeah. That's, that's Um, after news. The other wide receiver that was thrown around the conversation was Denzel Mims. He is going to be in his second year, and he is on the New York Jets. He played at Baylor. He came out of Baylor, right? Played at Baylor. I want to say he was the – I think he was a first-round pick. I think he, there was – To the – he was a first-round pick to the Jets. Uh, sorry. Yeah. But it was – I mean, it was last season where they were like – No, the Packers were the one team that didn't take a wide receiver in the first round last yeah. year. He was a second-round <laughs> receiver to be clear i don't know where i was coming in with the first round pick uh, there were a lot of first round receivers that year so that's understandable sure i think i remember in some mock drafts he was going a 30th pick to the packers and i was like oh that makes sense but not to the packers apparently but he is apparently maybe the sixth receiver in their camp right now they've got a number of guys ahead of him yeah. and they even... did take a receiver in the first round this year elijah moore out of michigan who is so that's, definitely ahead of him. So if you're doubling down, that means you're not thrilled with the guy you got. Yeah, so Denzel Mims is potentially – like he is on the bubble as a potential roster cut. Granted, I would be surprised if he was cut. Um, but if he is, I hope the Niners scoop him right up. I hope they maybe do a very, very small trade for him even before that happens because I would love to just throw him into our 
our I depth will, somewhere of receivers. I will say, if he's looking good or bad, the 49ers are going to know it. Like, you can't tell me that, like, before trading for him, Kyle Shanahan's not calling up Mike LaFleur, who's now the offensive coordinator at the Jets, and be like, hey, man, like, come on, how's he doing? Or call up Rob Sala. Like, with the the friendship between the 49ers and the Jets coaching staff, especially being AFC, NFC, it would not shock me if there is that kind of relationship where they can call each other up and be like, come on, how'd he look? Like, stuff like that. So I would expect if we do bring him in, I would be I would be optimistic. Like, I don't think we're going to bring him in if he's bad because of that relationship. Yeah. Last two bits of news. The 49ers hosted a couple of veterans, and the biggest name of note is safety HaHa Clinton Dix. And I, he's definitely past his prime. I don't know how his workout truly went. Um, I would love to see. He's only 28. He is, he is not old. But he, he, I agree not. with you that he's past his prime, but I didn't know he was that young. He's definitely past his prime. I mean, because he was, he was pretty good for a couple of years. And so if he is being hosted, if he, his workout's being hosted, you can tell, you know, you're, you're past your prime at that point. But he's still relatively young, but he's definitely a veteran. He's played on some good teams. He's played, he played primarily with the Packers. I want to say he was with Cowboys at one point. Cowboys, they were the Redskins at the time. Now the Washington football team. Yeah. Um he has been good. He's definitely got some some play to improve on, but I would love to see the Niners bring in a veteran safety like that uh, just because our secondary is, in my opinion, the weakest part of our defense. Yeah, Maybe especially with Jaquaski Tart still coming back, nursing an injury. He might be out for a little bit. Secondary is definitely a thinner spot on the roster, although we do have some rookies who have stepped up a little so far. Exactly, and that's why I think some rookies that stepped up, which is great, but let's bring in a vet, another veteran presence to maybe just mentor them, give them a break, whatever role he can fit in, I think would be a smart decision to bring in a guy like HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think HaHa Clinton Dix would be be a nice guy to bring in. I think he's got a nice a nice resume. He's been has he been a pro bowler? I mean, he was good. I want to say he was a pro bowler at the Packers. Yeah. And last season, he was a pr- off-season and practice squad member only member of the Dallas Cowboys. According to Wikipedia 2016, he was a pro bowler and a second-team all-pro. This is just right off his Wikipedia. Yeah, he's a great – I mean, he was a great player. And I agree, secondary is definitely where where we need some help. Probably secondary and wide receiver. I think that's what, that's what Peter – I heard Peter King say was our biggest weaknesses. Let's bring him in. Let's see if he can revitalize his career for a couple more years and, and finish strong and be yeah. a veteran presence. Yeah, so we'll see We'll see what happens there. No signing yet, but something to keep an eye on. All right, Daniel, you, you got any other news before we move on? I just want to end our news segment with a fun quote from Jordan Matthews, who is now in the Niners for the third time. And as we talked about last week, has converted from wide receiver to tight end. And Eric Branch, a beat reporter for the Niners, tweeted out a couple of a couple of notes about Jordan Matthews and what he was talking about. And uh, one of them was Jordan Matthews talking about how he thinks there should be a wide receiver university, but then joked that it would be too many guys uh, with their Lamborghinis in a parking lot just hanging out, and then they would move their team meeting to a club in South Beach. He also noted that with a Eric Branch noted with a proud smile. Jordan Matthews says, I will say, I forced my way into Titan University. So I thought that was pretty funny because not everyone was invited, but he was there and he was very clear to say, I forced my way into Titan University. Yeah. 
that is all I have for the news segment this morning. Yeah. So the next segment, I guess, is a little bit news, but is, is going to be more a little more deep dive. The 49ers yesterday on – that would be Tuesday the 10th. We're recording on Wednesday the 11th – released their first unofficial depth chart of the 2021 season. And we are going to take a few minutes – and break that down we're not going to read through everything but more talk about things that caught our eye that we find interesting daniel you got anything off the top of your head that you find super exciting so far looking at that you want me to me to dive in um super exciting for me i mean nothing exciting on the offense i would say just in it's it's confirming it's confirming for me to i mean to see Ayuk and debo samuels the top two wide receivers yeah. to see Raheem Mostert and then Trey Sermon is the number two guy to yeah. see Trey G- Sermon is the number two I think is it's what we were expecting but that that's noteworthy I think that's worth yeah I would say it's noteworthy um I'm not surprised seeing it but it definitely is noteworthy um and then when Gallman and Jamichael Hasty are the I think pretty much right there with each other as the the third tie for third essentially and then we've got elijah mitchell down there um but what i'm excited for is him and i'm super bummed to see jeff wilson hurt but i am excited for elijah mitchell's potential to get in i'm excited about him maybe getting into the game this year totally and then if we let's take a look talk wide receiver a bit more i know we mentioned that trent Sherfield is putting together a nice case to be the wide receiver three he's not right now right now he is listed right now our two wide receiver twos behind brandon Ayuk. we have muhammad sanu behind him is jalen hurd who maybe someday will be healthy although he's he was out of practice the other day so hopefully he gets out there um and then we have Debo samuel after that is richie james who's been on the roster for a while he's turned a lot of kicks for us you'll you would recognize him he also played the lamar jackson role on the scout team one one game last year so that's kind of fun and then after that is trent sherfield so trent sherfield still has a little work to do but newcomer to the team not shocking these unofficial depth depth charts they're fun they're cool to look at they don't mean that much there's just a couple things we can take away and i think that's uh, that's interesting yeah um, i didn't mention the wide receivers when you said exciting um gotta be honest i'm not personally excited to see Richie James and Muhammad yeah. Sanu as the number three guy. Um, that's cool. I mean, you noted that Muhammad Sanu has, has been looking good, and he used to be pretty decent when he was with the Falcons. Um, he did some stuff with the Lions. I mean, he has bounced yeah. around. I just – I don't want Muhammad Sanu as my team's number three. And unless he's performing pretty out of his mind, I won't want him as the number three guy I because I would love to get someone better. Yeah. Um, Richie James has never blown me away as a receiver other than he can get a couple of deep balls. He had a big game last year. I don't remember what week, but I remember it was seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. And and that was great. Um, But that was a one hit wonder for the year. And neither one of those guys gets me excited to have them as the tight end, the tight end wide receiver. Number three, Um, I would love to see, and I know you agree with this as you are a big Jalen Hurd believer. I would love to see as a number as our number three receiver and to be I pretty will, pretty good in there i will say kyle shanahan called out jalen hurd the other day he said he's like you know i know he's dealing with health issues like he didn't feel right today like we don't want him to push that he's like but his window is closing basically to make his opportunity and that i will say i got flashbacks to a couple of years ago with dante pettis when shanahan kind of put him in his doghouse for lack of a better term where he was kind of just 
clearly unimpressed with what he was putting out there and really tried to push him to something else. And Pettis wound up barely playing that season. So I, I don't think Hurd is Hurd is there yet. I think Shanahan really does believe in Hurd, but he is yeah. starting to put quotes out there basically saying, hey, he needs to step up if he wants to make this team. And totally. I hope he does. He's, I mean, he was so, so good. And his first preseason, his one preseason game with the 49ers, like he was, he is an awesome player with incredible abilities that I just think what Kyle Shanahan can do with him will be fantastic, but he's not made it out there yet. Um, and Shanahan has every right to do that with these guys who like Jalen Hurd, what is this, his third or fourth season? Third. Third. And sure, he's been, he's been injured both, but he's had plenty of time to showcase his stuff. And if, if he's got his opportunity and isn't doing it, absolutely. Yeah. In you fairness, know? he tore his ACL on um, the first practice of last year's training camp off on the side of the field. So that's just bad luck. Sure is. Any other notes on the offense for the depth? Yeah. Chart? I want to talk quarterback in a second, as I'm sure you know, but I do want to point out the offensive line. Um, left tackle, number one, Trent Williams. Not a shocker. Behind him is rookie Jalen Moore. That I think is notable. They brought him in to be maybe a swing tackle, hoping he can compete. So that's that's fun to keep an eye on. Cool to see that he's got the number two spot there. Left guard, Lakin Tomlinson. That one's not going anywhere. Tomlinson is our best guard. He's cemented at that spot. Alex Mack, center, apparently very, very sweaty, which is causing some issues, but the quarterbacks in there, they're working that out. There were some really that fun quotes. To read. There were some great quotes about uh, Alex Mack's sweat situation. I think Jimmy Garoppolo just said, you know, when he's like, after you grab the ball from him, it's a rain game. Like that's yeah. just, so they're, they're working that out. I heard about some towels and changing pants. That's, but you know, that's just, that's, that's football. They got to work that out. Um, that is too funny. Right guard, Daniel Brunskill. Well, let's loop back there real fast. Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. He's not going anywhere. Right guard, Daniel Brunskill. Brunskill is a great player. He shut down Aaron Donald a couple times last year, but he has been more of a swing guy, more of an more of a backup offensive lineman. And right behind him is rookie Aaron Banks, who the 49ers drafted from, was it Notre Dame, Daniel? Yes. Yeah, out of Notre Dame. And the 49ers want him to be the number one right guard. I don't think there's any question. So that is something to keep an eye on. Banks has has looked fine so far in camp, but everything I've seen, he hasn't like stepped up and really blown anyone away. So that yeah. is what I'm most interested in on the O-line. I think that the Daniel Brunskill, Aaron Banks switch is very similar to the Jimmy G, Trey Lance switch. Not necessarily in timing or how it's going to work, but I think that Brunskill is, as you said, has been a swing guy. Um, he's not always been a starter for us. I think that some point in the season, maybe it's after the first year, uh, that Banks does switch. I think Banks will be getting time each game. I don't think he's going to start a lot of the games, but I think he will be getting plays in there to give Brunskill a switch. And the second one of the other guys gets injured, well, I guess it depends on which one, but I think Brunskill will fill in and then Banks will slide into uh, right guard and replacement. The, the other name to think about is Justin School is currently on the IR, but he is has also been a really, really good swing tackle stepping up on the O-line for the 49ers. So that that could also affect things in terms of replacement if he's healthy. But I think you're right. I think they would rather have Brunskill, who has shown his ability. I think he's probably the number two center on the team, honestly. Like, yeah. So about, I think if Alex Mack goes down, I think he shifts over. So yeah, Aaron Banks is a bigger guy. The 49ers have shown some signs of wanting to shift to more of a power run game. And so that, I think, is is going to be core there if he can step up. 
All right, Daniel, can we do just a little more Trey watch? Hit me with your quarterback thoughts on this depth chart. All right. Quarterback number one, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's, we know that. Quarterback number two, Trey Lance. That sounds perfectly normal, but I actually think that that's a big deal, that right now Trey Lance is already listed as the QB2. I looked this up to confirm. In August 7th, 2018, guess who was not the QB2 of the Kansas City Chiefs, Daniel? Could it be Patrick Mahomes? That's right. Patrick Mahomes was the QB3. And there's been a lot of talk about how the 49ers are doing this. It's going to go the Mahomes route. He's going to trail it. It's going to sit the whole season. Well, Mahomes was not really the backup for a lot of that season. He was officially on the depth chart, the number two at one point, I believe. But he was not early on in the season. So Trey Lance being the number two says a couple of things to me. It says that the 49ers are looking and saying he is ready to go in if Jimmy goes down and he's better than the other guys we have, which are Josh Rosen and Nate Sudfield. So that does not mean that much, but those guys have played NFL games. Trey Lance does not. And they're also saying, and this is what I think is important. They're saying Trey Lance is ready to have his main focus be on being ready to go in if Jimmy goes down, not learning the offense, not adjusting to the NFL. He's ready to be on standby. And that's not abnormal for a rookie. But if they were to go this Mahomes route, they would be saying more, you know, you're not the backup right now. Your job is to just adjust to the NFL and learn our offense. But they're not saying that. They're saying, no, you're our backup, which, I mean, I've heard people call, I think Peter King likes to say that the backup position is the most, like one of the top 10 most important guys on an NFL roster. So they're saying that Trey Lance is ready to go in and that he can focus on that. They're saying that he doesn't need to focus on adjusting the NFL, on learning the offense. Obviously he needs to do those things, but that if Jimmy were to go down, he would be the best guy to step in. And at this point in the off season, I think that's kind of a big deal that they're saying that. Yeah. I think, I think I saw a lot of news on Twitter and all the sports apps when Trey Lance got some first team reps in practice. I think everyone jumped on that a little too hard. Um, yeah. I think in, in a lot of training camps, people think, oh, they got a first team rep in practice. That means they're going to start. They're being looked at to see if they could even start. Yeah. Just because they're taking first team reps doesn't mean they are destined to be a starter. So some of the receivers and running backs that are getting first team reps in practices all over the NFL are not going to be starters. But why, and you said this and Kyle Shanahan said this, why they're giving Trey Lance first team reps is so that he can be deployed in the role that we've kind of talked about. Yeah, in the, you know, yeah, the come in, run an option role. Kyle said he's, you've got to prepare him the best you can and however you can. And so that's exactly what they're going to do. But I do think it is important that he is the backup and not the number three. Granted, we do have Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen as the three and four guys. So, but granted, I looked up the Chiefs 2017 depth chart and Alex Smith was the starter then. Do you know who the backup was? Oh, I do. Mike Glennon? It was Tyler Bray. Oh, yeah. I only remember Tyler Bray, I think because I had his NFL card, his trading card, not because I remember seeing him in fantasy, not because I remember seeing him on the field. I barely remember that name. So it's a similar situation to what we got here. You know, Nate Sudfeld, never going to start a game in the NFL unless of injury. Um, And I would say the same thing about Josh Rosen. Like they're not going to be a starter anywhere. I believe in Josh Rosen. He'll be a starter somewhere. I couldn't disagree more, but I think either way, 
the fact that Lance is back up, you're right. Your point is head on that if they wanted him to sit, they put him at number three and he yeah. would sit and he would watch and he would be a clipboard guy. Like I was yeah. in freshman high school, he <laughs> would be doing something. We're just, he would not be suited up. He would not be doing anything at all. If he was just to watch and learn, he would not be suited up, but yet he will be suited up and he will be getting in there. So it's not, Hey, only watch and learn and prepare yourself. It's watch and learn and prepare yourself because you know, you're a rookie. So you need to do that as well, but be ready to go in and expect to go in. So that, that is a huge mental shift. And so I think that your point is a huge piece totally. to this depth chart. And we'll see that in uh, preseason, but as well as. That makes season. me more and more convinced that Trey Lance will start games this year, I think. But yeah. I might just be getting caught up in the hype train. Yeah. It definitely, it makes me sway that way more than it doesn't. Yeah. I think, because like Mahomes, and before we move on, I remember hearing that Mahomes was, his rookie year, he really wasn't working with Andy Reid. He wasn't working with Matt Nagy, who was at the time the offensive coordinator. He was off doing his own thing with like, there was a quarterback's coach whose job was to just go around with Mahomes, like teach him football. (laughs) That's an exaggeration, but Mahomes has talked about how there was a lot he still needed to learn about the NFL when he got here. And so when he got there, and so there was a bunch of things that like, they were just going around. They had a coach whose just job was to just work with Mahomes. But because of that, he wasn't really working with the head coach, with the offensive coordinator, with all that. Trey Lance is going to be if he's in this number two spot. And so I think that is notable. You want to talk a little any defense things that jump out of you? I, there's something on special teams I want to spend a second on because it's kind of fun. But there was no defensive things that jumped out at me. Um, no rookies on the first on the starting defense right now. Or I mean, it's no surprise that you know the front four: Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, and Nick Bosa. I and it's it's just right and left defensive tackle. So I think I might have maybe expected Contavious Street over DJ Jones, but Maybe it's just one's better at right and left tackle. Maybe DJ Jones actually is a little bit better, but I also think that, so the depth right here, they got a starting 12. And so they're going to switch up types of defenses. So Aziz Alshair is not going to start every play, just like DJ Jones won't, but you can expect Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa to be the front three or the front three out of four every play. And you can expect Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw to be in just about every single play. Yeah. I think, I'm most excited to see Dre Greenlaw this year. Um, he was I'm awesome. He is see, awesome. He is awesome. I am excited to see him get a full starting role. He battled with Quan Alexander. Um, who else did he fight? That might have really just been his only – because D4 didn't affect his position. It was just only if he was starting. But I'm excited to see him step up in a huge way. Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett, the starting two cornerbacks, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm still nervous with those guys being the the one and two punch, but I think that they're going to handle it. I think that they're going to be okay. And Kawan Williams is going to tap in and help out. And then Jimmy Ward, no surprises. Tavon Wilson. I don't, I don't know if I would consider a surprise. I don't necessarily know. It might be more just because Joukowsky tarts out. I think that's exactly what it is. And as well, they don't want to put in rookies right away. Yeah. Yeah, rookie um, Talanoa Hufanga is is right behind him, and he has been having a pretty good camp, actually, I think. He has. I just don't think that they're going to put in a rookie. Where was he? He was like the fifth or sixth round? Yeah. Fourth or sixth. They're just not going to put him in to start right away his rookie year, but I think he'll get some playing time. 
Um, and I'm excited about him. He, you're right. He has had yeah. a good camp. Looks good. I like him a lot. And so I think, I think we got guys who are ready to step up in a big way. Yeah. The only other thing I see on defense, um, I don't know if we talked about this, but right behind Dre Greenlaw is Marcel Harris, who is now a linebacker. He'd been playing a lot of free. I think he was a free safety or a strong safety. He was a safety and he's now converted to playing linebacker. And I think that that's really interesting. His past coverage has apparently been awesome, obviously out of the linebacker spot. So that's, I think that's important and something to keep an eye on. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is special teams. Brandon Ayuk is listed as our punt returner, which is kind of crazy. You don't usually have the team's number one wide receiver returning punts. So that to me means maybe they're just messing with us. Teams do that sometimes and stuff like this. Or it could just be because Grant Cole, Grant Cohn tweeted out a little while ago saying that Brandon Ayuk could be the best punt returner in the NFL. They just never let him do it. So maybe the 49ers communication staff is poking a little fun at him with that. But it could also be that Brandon Ayuk is just so good at catching punts that they're like, yeah, he's going to be out there. Cause the only time you see teams playing offensive starters really as punt returner is when they're awesome at it. Like Alvin Kamara will do it. Sometimes Tyreek Hill does it every once in a while, like Brandon Ayuk returning punts. That'll, that'll be fun to watch. Richie James is doing kickoffs. It wouldn't shock me if he gets a lot of punts as well, but I think it'll be a good time to watch Brandon Ayuk out there returning punts. I'm excited to see it as well. Let us get into our final segment of the show and our stat predictions. Let me frame this as we head into this. So we only, Tim and I only projected kind of the top tier starters, the guys that we know are going to get the ball most of the game. And now let me share 2020 stats and they're funky because we had a lot of injuries to the players that we predicted out due to injury altogether. The 49ers passing game, the 49ers threw the ball 570 times. Probably lower because our starting quarterback. Probably, I mean, I'm sure you're going to say this, but that's probably a little lower because Jimmy was out so much. Yeah, and so Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard were the ones throwing the ball, so definitely not a huge number. 371 completions for 4,033 yards all put together. Not a lot of yards for an entire passing offense, in my opinion comes together for 25 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Didn't have a great passing year, but as we said, it was number two and three guys on our squad. Uh, 437 rushing attempts altogether. And for 1,889 yards with 19 touchdowns. So Jimmy G only played six games last year. Jimmy G had 140 attempts for 90 four completions and that comes out to be about 67 percent for a thousand and ninety six yards seven touchdowns five interceptions now let's just start with our two quarterbacks and what we predicted for the 2021 season yeah i'll start and then timmy we're interested to hear your thoughts on this so i have jimmy g we're gonna say 14 games we're going to say he only misses a few. So, yes, we put injuries into this. Pretty hard not to, especially with the history of some of these guys in an early career having yeah. some missing time. I mean, Jimmy G, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert all missed significant time last year. So, hard to not, it's hard to predict the totally. full season right off of that. So, I've got Jimmy G at 14 games, and I'm going under the mindset of him being the starter. Pretty, pretty much the undisputed starter all year. And I think I slotted Trey Lance into playing kind of the role we've talked about. 
coming in for some trick plays, coming in for maybe a little bit, maybe if the Niners have a blowout, not maybe when the Niners have a blowout, giving him some time to play the fourth quarter. So I got Jimmy G, 432 attempts, 285 completions for 3,249 yards. We're going to go with 21 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Wasn't, wasn't boastful about Jimmy's stat line, but definitely see some production coming from him. 21 touchdowns. Have, what was that? 21 touchdowns. 21 touchdowns. 21 touchdowns. And I think a lot of that comes from a healthy Samuel Ayuk and Kittle, as well as uh, Mostert, and I assume Sermon getting some receiving touchdowns as well, yeah. a higher volume comparatively to other guys. Trey Lance, we're going to go with seven games. Now – I think the games for Trey Lance isn't what's an, is not what is important. It's the attempts. It's probably more snaps and attempts. Yeah, it's more snaps and attempts because games, you know, they get a game like they played in the game on their stat if they enter the game at all. So if Trey Lance comes in for one play, boom, gets a game. So it, you can ignore the games almost. 130 attempts. 130 attempts. I think he's just gonna breach a thousand yards, and I think he's gonna come in, and I think he could even throw potentially seven touchdowns, especially if he's coming on these trick plays and they work. And because he's a rookie, let's just give him three interceptions in his small sample size. Yeah. Timmy, you went a different route with the quarterback. Yeah. So I did this for, for two reasons. One, because I knew you were probably going to go Jimmy starting the whole season. And two, to be a little on brand, I have kind of become the Trey Lance hype guy of this podcast. So I yeah, started wearing a Trey Lance jersey already. I am wearing my Trey Lance jersey. Um, I statted it out as if Trey Lance will start 17 games this season. And I've, I've never done an exercise like this. We could talk a bit more about my method uh, with the other couple guys I statted out. But my main method for those guys was I looked at historical production. I pretty much calculated a number for how many yards per game, touchdowns per game, stuff like that, and then mapped it out to however many games I thought they were going to play. Trey Lance, I didn't have a historical production so i actually looked at someone who i think might be an interesting comparison if trey lance is going to be the starter which is i went to the last time that kyle shanahan ran an offense with an athletic quarterback who could run who was an elite uh player at his position who was also a rookie you know who i'm talking about daniel could it be robert griffin the third yeah so i pulled up robert griffin the third stats and i used those to kind of eyeball what I this one was more eyeballing than math that I did for the others to kind of eyeball what I see Trey Lance's production as being. So first of all, I'll explain to you why I did this first one. This one I just put here. I have Trey Lance with 29 passing touchdowns. That's mainly because the rookie passing touchdown record is 28. And I thought it would be fun to have him break that record. If he were to go off of RG3's rate, it would be about 22 passing touchdowns. So going off of that but i think 29 sounds fun um probably better receivers than they had in washington and it'd be fun to have him break the break justin herbert's rookie touchdown record and with honestly that record will be broken soon now that we have 17 games and then passing yards i did the method i just talked about and then i just kind of rounded it off so i have him with around 3500 passing yards which i think is actually pretty attainable if he starts starts all 17 games. I have him with 800 rushing yards, which is right around what RG3 had his rookie season and RG3 only played 15 games. And then I have him with eight rushing touchdowns, which I believe is the exact same amount RG3 has. So I don't know if we've talked about, but I think RG3 is actually a pretty interesting person to use as maybe a baseline of what Lance could be in this offense. So that that's where I came to with starting Lance, out Lance as the 17 game starter. Is what? 
Is Lance as much of a runner as RG3? He definitely has the ability to be. And he definitely had, was that in college. They ran a pretty run-heavy offense. I mean, he, I think he has a better arm. I remember. I didn't RG3. watch much RG3, but I think he has a better arm. I think Lance does. Yeah, I don't think RG3 is, was amazing. Um, yeah. I remember RG3 almost being Lamar Jackson-esque for his first year or two before he got pretty busted with injuries. Not Not fully, but kind of like the – the starting point for Lamar, I guess not starting point, but just the first guy to, to test the waters in that way. I think, I mean, yeah. obviously Michael Vick was the number one, but uh, I think yeah, other than the same style not the best quarterback play, but okay. I did not uh, stat out rushing for, for Trey Lance, but I will now take a look at that because I'm very interested. I do think your stats are probably going to be more in depth than mine. I think you may have done a few extra players than I did too. I'm going to be honest, mine. You, sure. I know you went, so I'm, I'm excited to break down yours more than I am mine for sure. But that was my Trey Lance thoughts. I care too much about this. I'm a big numbers guy. And so I love, you know, for fancy football, I determine, you know, I'm drafting and people are like, oh, I want this guy I want this guy. I look at the numbers. I look at the numbers. It's like, okay, this guy gets me this many points. This guy gets me this many points. This position has less guys that are good. You know, you flip the numbers. It's my brain works with numbers. Yeah. Well, that's why I just think, I think the listeners are going to appreciate your thoughts on this and your breakdown better more than mine. So you think I could trick the listeners to make them think that I was good at math in high school and didn't fail geometry. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to move on to receivers and tight end. So I only did Samuel, Ayuk and Kittle. Okay. I I just did Ayuk and Kittle to be honest. So yeah. So Debo Samuel, I've got him at 10 games. I want to say he played eight last year. It's either six or eight. Some of these guys, I think Kittle was six. Samuel's eight. So Debo Samuel, I have him going for 80 targets. And so I did stat out um, attempts for Jimmy and Trey, and I did not put Sudfeld or Rosen at all. So all the attempts, uh, 562 attempts altogether so i have 151 attempts left over so 151 attempts for anyone that is not debo samuel brandon Ayuk, george kittle or pretty much our four running backs okay i i said some of them are going to get like maybe even 10 looks but debo samuel 80 targets we're gonna go with 68 receptions for 785 yards and three touchdowns I do think Debo Samuel will have maybe 10 rushing attempts. They like to run some counters. They like to run some trick plays. I think he'll get maybe 76 yards and he could get a touchdown. I don't think he had a rushing touchdown last year. I know Ayuk, I want to say, had two. And I think Ayuk again. Wasn't it, wasn't it a rushing touchdown when he hurdled that Eagles player? It, it sure was. And so I think – so Samuel and Ayuk both have the ability to do that. And I think – I think – Ayuk is more of the guy who does that than Samuel, but I think they'll both get some rushing attempts and they usually make some pretty heavy yardage out of those plays. Uh, Ayuk has more targets. I think Ayuk could have 118 targets. I think he's going to get 87 receptions for, I think he'll just come shy of a thousand yards for 970 yards, eight touchdowns eight receiving touchdowns. And I think he could get two more rushing touchdowns off of some of those trick sweep counter plays. Yeah. And then George Kittle, 116 targets. Oh, sorry. I have Ayuk going uh, for 15 games. I think he might just miss one or two uh, for a bang up injury, but I've got Ayuk and Kittle with pretty full healthy seasons with Kittle 15 games, 116 targets, 93 receptions 
I think he'll go a thousand and two hundred ish yards for eight touchdowns. Wow, our, uh, we were pretty similar on uh, on both of these. I love that. Let me hear yours. Yeah. So let me. Sorry, I'm doing one more quick math. Let me walk through my process with this because yeah. I went through and I basically took these guys' production from different years and basically kind of similar like i said i did with rg3 i basically said how many games do i think they're going to play what was their rate per game for kittle and mostert i went more off of 2019 i just think that's more what the 49ers team is going to look like mostert i actually use 2020 numbers but kittle i went off of 2019 I think the passing game is going to be better i think we're just going to look more like the 2019 49ers than the 2020 49ers so let's go off that so Ayuk, i used his rookie season and i I said he's going to stay 17 games. It's not abnormal for a wide receiver to stay healthy the whole season, and I'm I'm optimistic Ayuk does. He played, I think, eight, 11 games last year. His touchdowns are actually pretty pretty low. He only scored five last season receiving. I did not put any down for rushing for him, but I have him with 148 targets, which would make him probably the leading receiver in the 49ers offense, which I don't think is impossible. 92 receptions for 1,156 yards. Okay. That's really just going pure off math for if he produced the same last season for 17 games, this is what he would do. And then with that, because he had a lower touchdown in the receiving game, that comes out to 7.727 touchdowns. So let's say a healthy eight receiving touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk. And then Kittle, I did the same process, except I missed it for touchdowns and targets, but I have him with 1,278 receiving yards. So that's that's about the same. That would be his second most. It would actually be behind the season when he had the record for like a day for like a season. That was around 1,300 receiving yards. But at that point, he was the only receiving option in the 49ers. But I think Kittle surpassing Ayuk in receiving yards is pretty reasonable to expect. And I think it sounds like we both have him somewhere in the 1,200 range. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that we're right on with that. I think, I mean, Ayuk and Kittle – I want to say I know, unless injury changes, but I know that they're going to be the top two targeted guys in the offense. I mean, it's obvious to see. I don't think Debo's going to get as many targets. I think he also he gets banged up a little more, and I think that he'll have a harder time staying healthy for those targets. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're only going off of a year with Ayuk to truly say that something could happen. We hope and pray that it does not. But I think that those are pretty – you know, it's not those those predictions are not out of this world. That's it. we're predicting a a full, consistent, and productive season from these guys. Yeah. Um, if the 49ers look like they did in 2019, I think what we just said seems pretty very sustainable. And I would love to see them. I mean, as a 49ers fan, I would be nothing would make me more happier other than a Super Bowl ring to see these stats blown, like in the in the best way where we under predicted them. How yeah. great. I feel like predictions rarely we go under for the guys we're biased for on our own team. Yeah. What you don't think you don't think I was biased in my Trey Lance stats? Oh, I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh for rushing, I got Raheem Mostert. We're gonna go 13 games. Yeah, that's 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 the same number I did. I said I thought he'd play 13. (laughs) 13 games. I think he's gonna get a lot of attempts, uh, but I still think they're gonna spread the ball around. I think he's gonna get 162 attempts. And I think he is going to manage to do that for 717 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. I think he'll get maybe 25 targets, 21 receptions for 225 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I also have Raheem Mostert with seven rushing touchdowns 
I also, in my head, thought he was going to play 13 games, and I have him with 846 rushing yards. But something I want to say about Raheem Mostert, and we might dive into this when and if we do a fantasy football episode, I don't think Raheem Mostert's yards are going to come consistently. I think one week he's going to have like 250, and I think another he's going to have like 60. Like, I think it's going to be big hit and miss. He's going to have those breakaway runs. He'll probably record the fastest run in the NFL again, like he did last season. Like, I think he's, I think these are not going to be consistently produced over the 13 games we each have him playing. He was the only player I factored in, in injuries. Cause just, cause I was like, I just, I can't in good conscience predict him playing all, all 17 games. Cause one, he's a running back and they rarely do that. And two, he's, he's had struggles with injury, but I think he's a home run hitter. Like, I think, I don't know if you, I didn't stat out Trey Sermon. I don't know if you did. I think Trey Sermon's production, and we can talk about this, is going to be consistent. I think Trey Sermon is going to put about up about the same amount of yards per game. I think Raheem Mostert is going to have weeks where you had him on a fantasy football team where he wins you weeks, and he's going to have weeks where you mad you started him. And that, I think, also applies to the stats here. I mean, yeah, that's Raheem has looked that way the last two years. I think there is a little more consistency than previously. I think we'll see less now um, that he's – you know, getting older for a running back. I want to say he's 28, 29, definitely up there for running back, um, battling some injuries. So I definitely can see the inconsistency coming more from him. And you're right. He has had some serious boom and bust, not as much bust, just less of a boom. But yeah, there's been weeks where he doesn't get a touchdown and only gets 60 yards and he only gets you about six, seven fantasy points. Um, or there's weeks where uh, he gets in a NFC championship game where he surpasses 200 yards and with two touchdowns and is absolute number one RB of the week. So yeah, I think that the NFL dogs were he mostered a lot, maybe because of his age, because of injuries, because of the boom bust, but fastest play of the year, um, some serious games. And so, yeah, I think that he'll be productive for a whole season uh, at the, like from start to finish, but you're right. I think we'll see a little inconsistency Trey Sermon, I said 15 games. Wouldn't be surprised if he played the full season um, because I don't think he's going to get tons and tons of use every game, but I, I fully agree with you. It'll be a little more consistent. I think he'll get 121 attempts as the number two guy. Yeah. And I think that I'm curious to see when Jeff Wilson comes back where they, because I think they're going to have similar-ish roles. So I'm curious to see. I think they have had. I think Jeff Wilson has had a similar role. Yeah. Trey Sermon. I think that it might look different with Trey Sermon now, but we're going to have to wait and see what that looks like. So Trey Sermon, 121 attempts. We're going to go with 573 yards. I don't think he has as much of the boom potential as Raheem Mostert. Totally. And we'll go six touchdowns. Yeah. I I, oh, I was just going to say, I think we've talked about this. I don't, I just don't think calling Trey Sermon the number two running back makes really encapsulates what he's going to be in this offense. I think it's much more of a, what do you want to call it? Thunder and lightning, smash and dash. Like, I think it's going to be much more like Trey Sermon's going to be the power running guy. Raheem Mostert is going to be the home run quick guy. But what's interesting in that is Kyle Shanahan has avoided doing that in the past. He really likes to have running backs that can do everything so that nobody knows what they're going to do. So maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I really see it as they're not, they're not one and two. I really view them as different positions and I could be totally wrong. That's just how I see it. I don't think you're wrong about their profile of who they are as a player. Yeah. You, you, I'm not saying you are, but you could be wrong about how they're used, but because of what you just noted about Kyle Shanahan, 
that he really liked to keep people guessing. That's why we see a lot of the sweeps with Samuel and Ayuk. Love to keep you guessing. Um, Yeah, and so I think Trey Sermon could be a goal line guy more than Raheem Mostert. Um, I think Raheem Mostert's touchdowns a lot of the time come from 20 yards out. He's got some deep 80 yards out. Yeah, exactly. So six touchdowns for Sermon. I think he's going to receive the ball a little bit. We'll go 43 targets. I think he'll get past two more than Mostert potentially. 35 receptions, just under 400 yards. I think the receiving might be a little bit bullish, but he could get four touchdowns. He could get four receiving touchdowns alongside six rushing touchdowns, which seems like a lot to me. But again, as I said, I think he's going to get more of that goal line work compared to anyone else. Yeah. Any other – did you stat out any other guys besides the ones we just talked about, or is that your – I statted out Wilson and Gallman just for the heck of it, but it is – it's very small. Wilson, I'll just – breeze right through it wilson i think will play six games i don't know exactly when he said he's coming back i think about halfway i think it actually yeah. might take a little bit longer i think uh, yeah i think six weeks was optimistic yeah uh 51 attempts 242 yards two rushing touchdowns 19 targets 17 receptions doesn't seem like jeff wilson drops the ball a whole lot just under 200 yards and he's definitely got some receiving touchdowns and we're gonna go two this year no, uh, no. wayne gallman 10 games 55 attempts 217 yards. I think we got one touchdown, 10 targets, nine receptions for 95 yards and no touchdowns. So I think Wayne Gallman will just get a tiny bit of play. Do you think he makes the team though? I do. What about Elijah Mitchell? Do you have him making the team? I do. I just did not stat him. Okay. Yeah. I think he was on the depth chart for special teams reasonably high. So hopefully he makes it at least in that capacity for now. On their unofficial depth chart, it was Raheem, Trey Sermon, and obviously with Jeff Wilson on the injured list. And then I want to say it went Wayne Gallman, Jamichael Hasty, and then Elijah. I think you're right. I think you're right, which is a bummer. I was we've been I think we've talked that we're both optimistic about Elijah Mitchell. So yeah. hopefully that changes as but again, this the depth chart is who knows? They might not even talk to the coaching staff putting that together. I don't the unofficial depth chart depth charts don't even mean that much, but this early does yeah. not mean that much. I will say, I think if one running back does not make the team, part of me thinks it is Jermichael Hasty instead I, of Wing. But I, I think it's one of the two. I think Elijah Mitchell has a role, at least on special teams. Agreed. I don't think they cut him. But that could just be like rookie, rookie hype, you know? Yeah, it, it certainly could be. No. Those are my stat predictions. Those are your stat predictions. Um, we're going to hold on to these, and maybe the end of the season, we will Ooh, do yeah. a recap of our stat predictions and see how close we are and may, and see if we have a future in stat prediction. I don't, but Daniel might. Daniel's good at this. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will hopefully get this out Wednesday, August 11th, and we will be back hopefully Monday, August. What is next Monday? August 16th, where we will be breaking down the 49ers first preseason game, which is this Saturday against the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm sure we will have a lot to say after that. So we're excited. Stay excited. Football is here. Any, any parting thoughts, Daniel chiefs first game in preseason. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm sure we will not see much Mahomes, but I think we will see much Trey Lance and that that's exciting. See you later, Niner Nation. All right. Bye, everyone.